Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello and welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast. Today we have a special live recording that we're going to share with you called How to Excel in Your Financial Mindset which was broadcast live across the Fishbowl app. So instead of a normal episode today, you can hear this recording. It has a great Q&A, a lot of back and forth, so I thought it would have a lot of valuable information in it that I wanted to share. I must apologize a little bit for the audio uh, with the back and forth between both of the co-hosts, myself and Jade Rose. It does get a little choppy at times, but I tried to smooth it out as much as possible. So without further ado, enjoy, and I hope you very much get something out of this episode. Great. So we've got a good crowd here. So I think let's get started. So thank you everyone for joining us this evening for the How to Excel in Your Financial Mindset Live. My name is Jade Rose and I run the Financial Advisor Fishbowl all the way from the other side of the pond. And we're very lucky to have Joe Oakley with us this evening. So Joe is a financial advisor, CFP holder, podcaster, and father of two children. As I said, we'll be opening up the floor to questions in the second half of the live, which will run for 60 minutes. And if you'd like to ask any questions, use the button in the bottom right. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Before we jump into the topics, could you just tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely, Jade. Thank you uh, so much for being here first off, uh, for taking the time to to be involved in this event today. Uh, I have a lot of... Uh, uh, faith in, in, in spreading this message, and I really appreciate you being a part of it. And as I kind of mentioned to you before everybody here jumped on, you just have the most beautiful accent I've ever heard. <laughs> and unfortunately, they're going to have to listen to my North Jersey coffee accent for the majority of today. But uh, I definitely appreciate everything that, uh, that you're contributing. Uh, like Jade said, my name is Joe Oakley. I'm a certified financial planner or CFP. Uh, for those of you out here who may have heard of a CPA designation, that's, that's more well-known for accountants. This is kind of like the highest equivalent designation that I can receive in my own personal field. I'm 35 years old. I've been an advisor, though, for 14 years already, so basically my entire adult life. I run the wealth management firm that I'm associated with, and I also have a podcast trying to help young families specifically with their money, and that's called Enjoy More 30s Family Finance. So this is by far my biggest professional passion is getting this message out there to people out like you that can help, you know, be helped by this. And, um, you know, so that's really where I focus more, most of my professional energy. I've been a guest on a number of other podcasts, a couple in the UK, a, a number of other ones here in the US. Uh, as uh, Jay did mention, I am married and I have two just fantastic uh, kids. My wife, Lauren, was a teacher. Uh, she changed careers. Uh, to focus more on her passion. So we're gonna definitely talk more about that later on today. And uh, yeah, so like Jade said, the, the goal for today is really just to, you know, for you to walk away from tonight with a better understanding of your current money mindset and what you can change to better excel when it comes to that mindset. And it may sound weird like, you know, we have a relationship with money, but money really greatly affects so many aspects of our lives. We, we literally have this weird relationship with it that just kind of forms. And you know, for some people, money can mean freedom. But to most people, really the, the vast majority of people that I come across, and it's really even the people that have money, which is the funniest thing, it can mean anxiety. 
It affects what job you decide to take, what goals you set for yourself. So, you know, in many ways, the way you're, you live your life and the happiness that you're ultimately able to derive from it. So needless to say, this money mindset is, is super, super important. Uh, so Jade, if you wouldn't mind, if you could run through kind of how we're set up uh, to do this for today, the, the sections that we kind of have organized tonight's session into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, wow, there are so many things that I have just picked out from, from your introduction that I'll definitely touch on later. Um, such an interesting background. So how this is going to work, we have three main topics we're going to discuss with you tonight. It's how uh, your money mindset got you to where you are. It's where your mindset can take you. And then three questions that our audience can use to start excelling in their own money mindset. Um, before we jump into the first one, there's something I wanted to ask you. So uh, something I've seen on your socials and on your website is making life more enjoyable. And I think it'd be quite interesting to explain what you mean by that before we dive into the practical steps of building a healthy mindset. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is really the, the focus of uh, how we try to you know, put all of our energies when we're, when we're working with people as advisors. And a lot of this we're actually going to touch on as, as the conversation goes. But essentially, you know, money is something that a lot of people focus on the specific investments or the specific insurance, all these very specific details. But the whole point of all of that is for us to really, if all that's where it needs to be, then we don't have to worry about that anymore. And we can just focus on making life as enjoyable as possible. So, you know, I think that leads perfectly into kind of how we got our mindset here to where it is today. And for me, the fact that I know anything when it comes to finances was completely just dumb luck. A professor in college brought in this person called a financial planner, which I had never heard of you know, to any extent before. And I became interested and wound up pursuing that kind of a career. And because of that, these financial planning methods and resources that we're going to talk to you tonight about were always accessible to me. What I used for other people and their planning, their retirement, their investments, their insurance, whatever it, whatever it may have been, I just naturally did that for myself. And when I spoke to you know, other people, especially young families out there, I became readily conscious of this complete dumb luck that I had received and started to value it a lot more highly because I didn't feel anxiety around money or anything because my job literally trained me to handle it myself. And without that, I would have just been lost. So when I, when I saw that and you know, when everybody's growing up or going through school and I'm guessing nobody out there had a comprehensive financial literacy coursework in school. I'm guessing that no one even had an incomprehensive financial literacy coursework in school. And, you know, that's the norm from everyone I've spoken to. Jade, I don't know about you over, uh, over in the UK, uh, but certainly in the US, there's, there's almost no finan financial literacy that's taught in any of the schools. Yeah, it's the same over here. It's, it, it's non-existent. Yeah, I mean, the, the line I always say is, you know, Shakespeare is well and good, but to be or, you know, not to be doesn't really help to buy or not to buy or to spend or not to spend or to save or not to save. And, you know, the, the truth of it all is that you were, everybody listening here was probably unprepared coming out of school when it came to your money mindset. I was unprepared coming out of school when it came to my money mindset. You know, essentially everybody out there is, is unprepared when it comes to the money mindset. And society, for some reason, says we can't talk about money. It's too taboo. So I can go online and go on Facebook and for some reason, posting pictures of yourself in your bathing suit on the beach is perfectly acceptable all the time. 
but asking someone publicly on social media, hey, I got a raise, what should I do with this money? Or I just had a second kid, how do I know if I have enough life insurance? That seems to be you know, too taboo. That has to be you know, kept behind locked doors. And so we're in a position where we're not really educated at all. We can't really publicly ask about it. And so the last resource, uh, resource is going to the industry that specializes it. So you know, Jade and myself, uh, you know, we're in this industry that is you know, somewhat compu- confusing, intimidating. We seem to like to build these jargon walls to make it as uncomfortable as possible for people. You know, like wealth management, for instance, is the easy one. Wealth management implies you already have wealth you know, to manage, which most people don't. And people who actually do have wealth probably had someone help them get that wealth at some point in their lives. So, you know, more appropriate titling would be, you know, I want to have wealth management or I don't want to be poor management. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the power to, to change those social norms, but that seems to be the case. So, you know, most people come out of school with one, not having, like we said, any financial education uh, and two, feeling like they really have no comfortable resources, at least to reach out to. And despite all that, though, we all stumble into our own mindsets about money. We come out of school and we have, you know, some form of relationship with it at this point. We weren't taught it, but it just kind of subconsciously developed. And maybe some of that we pick up from looking at our parents. We either say, hey, wow, their mom and dad are pretty smart. I'm going to do that, too. Or maybe like, oh, mom and dad seem like they're really struggling. I'm going to do the opposite of what they're doing here. Uh, or even, you know, music videos with, you know, Bentley's gold chains and making it rain dollar bills, all really not great resources for, for developing a great money mindset. Um, so what I'd like everyone to do to kind of to finish off this first section, I guess, is let, let's all visualize if you close your eyes and you think of all your kind of close family and friends. So, you know, 10, 15 people, something like that, visualize them in your head. And below that, I want you to put three different boxes below them. So first, let's think about those people that you're, that you're visualizing right now that have a mindset of a spender. So we all know spenders. Every time you see them, they seem to you know, have something new or cool to, to show you. So grab all those people that you're visualizing right now that are spenders, and let's put them in that first box. Now let's move on to the second mindset, a saver. So, you know, everybody knows people that are good at saving. You don't really see them save, but you kind of, you know that they seem to be putting away enough. They seem to always have money for what they need to have money for. So all those people that you're visualizing that are savers, grab them and let's visually put them into that second box. Now, there's the the last box here, which I'm guessing should be most of the other people that that you have left, I find to be just the people that, that hate spending. They, they, don't, uh, they don't spend money. They don't really seem to have it when they need it either. So you kind of, you know, they're the people where the, when the bill comes out at, at dinner, they kind of cringe thinking about having to, to put anything into the pot there. But let's grab the rest of those people and, and put them into that last box. So you visualize all these family and friends, and we have them in these three different boxes now. So let's say now that those people that you just put into those three boxes were doing this same exact exercise and you were one of the people that they visualized. What, which one of those three boxes do you think that they would be placing you in right now? Where do you think they'd put you from your money mindset standpoint right now? And the point of going through kind of this visualization, what I find this to be helpful to do is one, show like everybody that you visualized, you could put them in some box 
they all have some kind of a money mindset that they all develop despite having no education, despite maybe having no resources to talk to other people. And the second part that I find really interesting about this exercise is that when we think about what other people would think about our money mindset, what, what box they would put us in, it kind of quickly <laughs> brings anxiety. It shows like, uh, you know, what other people think of how we handle money is kind of stressful for us. It's kind of you know, important to us that they think of us in a certain way. And what I want to, to kind of start off here with is, you know, the, there is no blame, there's no shame or anything for where everyone is at this point in time. Again, we didn't get the education, you didn't get the resources, but now that you know, we start building up this mindset, we're aware that we, we do have a mindset, we do have a relationship with money at this point in time, that now allows us a starting point that we can make decisions on from where that mindset goes from here and how much it excels from here. So Jade, anything from, I guess, that first section that, you know, any reflections that you had or anything that you kind of connected with? Yeah, first of all, I'd like to know if I want wealth management as trademarks, because if it isn't, I'll be using that for myself. <laughs> um, it's so true. I think the jargon is an unnecessary barrier to entry. So if uh, anyone has been considering seeking financial advice or embarking on their own journey, but feel they're not wealthy enough or they don't have enough knowledge, please do reach out um, and ask for help and support because it's there for you if you need it. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you to share with us is where can people go? Then, as you mentioned, it's, it's not taught on a curriculum. You were very lucky to come across good financial advice and support. What resources uh, do you suggest people can go to, be it YouTubers, books, uh, any other resources? Sure, yeah. So um, there's a lot of finance stuff out there. And I would say a lot of it, uh, this, this finance stuff that's the loudest, like if somebody is shouting at you through the TV and hitting a buzzer, they're probably not the person you want to be taking advice for. Uh, when it comes to, to real you know, financial planning to try to get you on a, a path and a journey, if you picture kind of a point, you know, a dot of where you are now and a, a second dot you know, further on, you know, down on the piece of paper, we want it to have like the smoothest, straightest line to get you from, from where you are here to where you are down there. So when you go through a lot of that financial stuff that you see out there, if any of it has like a feeling of like get rich quick, I would definitely tell you to, to really look at that closely, really look at that with a, with a cautious eye and financial resources that you come across that kind of say, you know, save, <laughs> save more than you spend. Um, you know, here's some smart stuff uh, to protect yourself, anything like that. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's, you know, uh, there's a lot of different books out there. Um, the Millionaire Next Door is one that I thought was, you know, fantastic. Uh, for you don't have to be flashy to, to accumulate wealth. So, you know, that would be the, the overarching kind of theme that I would say to to look for and to avoid. I don't know, Jade, if you've had personal experience in any of those kind of areas for you know maybe people looking at things that they shouldn't necessarily be focusing on to uh, to try to to gain some of that financial knowledge. Yeah, I completely agree. There are a lot of um, questionable resources out there. But like you said, the obvious ones that scream uh, paid course or get rich quick, I, I would steer clear from. Um, another question on your mindset then. So you graduated college in, well, when, when the financial crisis was happening, uh, which is quite a pivotal point in your life and your career. And now you said you never had anxiety around money because of the uh, education that you'd received. 
how how did that play out during 2008 when you're just embarking on your own career? Yeah, so I mean, uh, one of the the coaching programs that I use, I don't know if anybody out there has heard of Strategic Coach before, um, but that's a phenomenal uh, resource, a phenomenal program, and one of the things that they teach is, you know, there's no uh, there's no real negative, there's no there's always opportunity within there. So, you know, in 2008, everything's dropping. That also means a lot of people are looking for financial advice because the things that they've been doing probably aren't working. It also corresponded with mortgage rates here dropping down and people needing to refinance to be able to, you know, still keep their bills the way they were. So refinancing was a big part of what I did in 2008. Um, you know, even in COVID this last year, it gave us the opportunity to, to really greatly expand our resources with jumping into Zoom like so many other companies did focusing more on making videos and media content that a lot of people out there could consume. So, you know, it, it, there's, there's always hurdles no matter where, where you are. And, you know, even in our industry, when everything is, is going up, you know, convincing someone to, to work with you instead of someone else, I would say is probably even harder because everything's just going straight up. It's the times that are difficult that, uh, that I think are, have way more opportunity in them for you to shine if you're willing to do it in, you know, in a unique way, like 2008, the advisors that just put their head in the sand and tried to hide from their clients because they were so afraid of what they might say, those are the ones that probably lost more clients than they gain, as opposed to the advisors that really stepped up to the opportunity and tried to engage even more with their clients, I, I think did a lot better. And, and that was at least my personal experience back when I started in 2008. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great attitude to have. Um, so for anyone who's just joined us, we are chatting with Joe Oakley, financial advisor and podcaster. Joe is taught, uh, discussing how to excel in your financial mindset and is answering any questions you guys may have. If you'd like to ask a question, please use the button in the bottom right hand corner and then you can join the stage there. So our next section then, we're going to discuss where your mindset can take yeah, thank you so much, Jade. So, you know, we, we kind of set that stage through this early part of the conversation to hopefully get everybody on the same page of you do have a mindset when it comes to money already. You have a relationship with money already. And, you know, despite any conscious effort, perhaps, or any intentional schooling, we, we all kind of wound up in this spot. So this next section, my, my daughter, Avery, she's almost five. She's a huge fan of the Frozen movies, obviously being Elsa for Halloween. So this is kind of like the into the unknown section of the presentation, if you will. Um, so going back to that visualization exercise that we did before, where we're picturing all of our family and our friends and you know, the mindsets they might have as spenders or savers or anything else, you know, one of the things that you'll notice is that there, there really is, there's no inherent right or wrong that I, I at least intentionally tried to point out. You know, because the, the default that you may think, that a lot of people think are like, you know, savers are good and spenders are bad. And the goal in life, though, and is, is not to accumulate as much money as possible, not to have a really large number on a piece of paper, which is what you would expect an advisor to tell you, like, save, 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 just get this, this investment value as big as it possibly can be. But certainly to me, that's not the case. It's to make life most enjoyable to you, however you may define it. So that's something that Jay brought up kind of earlier in the presentation, and this is really the heart of what I'm hoping to get across to everybody today. So excelling in your money mindset doesn't mean a big net worth. Excelling in your money mindset means putting yourself in a position to make life most enjoyable to you, however you may individually define that. So if you're a saver mindset, let's say, 
and you're not experiencing life as much as you could be because you're just trying to save every penny, you're afraid of what the future may be because it's, it's unknown, to me that's a huge problem as an advisor. You're missing out on those trips to Disney World. You're missing out on maybe that nicer house that you could enjoy more with your kids or you know whatever else it might be. If you're a spender mindset, you're obviously not putting away you know enough money for the future. You have other goals probably long term that are really important uh, you know down the road. So that's obviously a problem as well. But either one of these can be a problem. So neither one of those I would define as really excelling in their financial mindset. And the trick here with all of this really is having some idea of where you're going having that plan so that you're freer to spend whatever is excess on living and not have that guilt that, that tends to kind of tack along with the process. So like, uh, you know, if you're going to, to the ice cream shop to buy an ice cream cone and you don't know how much money is in your pocket, that's a problem. You walk up to the register and maybe you say, oh, I don't know how much I have. I'm going to order the small ice cream cone. And then you pull a $100 bill out of your pocket. You're going to be kicking yourself. Who wants a small ice cream cone? And the you know, complete reverse of that, if you walk up to the counter and you order the large and then you pull out a $1 bill and you have to ask the guy to scrape a scoop off the top, you look like a fool. So we don't want that either. The, the mindset shift, though, that this allows us to make is everybody seems to work off of educated guesses. And we want to get that closer, you know, as close as we can to making that educated decisions instead. Because people that, again, excel in their financial mindset are those that see money as a tool instead of a goal in of itself. The money is not the goal. The ice cream's the goal. The vacations are the goal. The happiness is the goal. So people that excel in their financial mindset are the people who really recognize that end goal. And it may seem like a no-brainer, you know, oh, we all want to be happy, but there's really a huge mindset difference here when you look at possible actions that you can make and what seemingly could be very easy scenarios that you could be overlooked. So like as an example, you know, let's say that you're working right now, someone comes to you and they offer you a job for 25,000, you know, more per year. The conventional wisdom automatically is that you take it. More money equals better, you know? When you have a mindset of money though as a tool, we can reframe that whole scenario. We can instead say, what can more of this tool allow me to do that I can't already do to make my life happier? So if this new job comes a longer commute, seeing my family less, and you're not clear on how you can use this extra tool from a happiness standpoint, then I'd have to kind of ask you, you know, why are you doing this? Do you need more of this tool for what you have to give up? And if your answer is like, well, you know, I have relatives overseas, more of this tool will allow me to now give my kids that experience to connect more with family, that's fantastic. Your, your mindset now is in a place where it's allowing you to make an educated decision. Or maybe, you know, you want a house with a really big backyard because you always picture yourself playing, you know, back there on weekends with your kids. You know, again, that mindset is allowing you to make an educated decision. You know specifically what more of this tool will allow you to do. So I had brought up my wife, Lauren, earlier in this presentation. Um, why she is so awesome is she used to be a teacher. And now she's a social media marketer for a competitive cheerleading gym. And this whole money as a tool was, was a real life thing that we, that we went through, that we had to evaluate. And cheerleading, competitive cheerleading is her passion. I need to definitely define competitive cheerleading. It is not the pom-poms on the side of the football game, but rather the giant pyramids of human beings that are flipping on each other's heads. So that, that's the competitive cheerleading that she loves. Now, when, you, when you're a teacher here in New Jersey, you go from having a pension, this very secure position, 
And now the pension's gone, the salary gets cut, but overall for our family, it was a, an exponential leap in happiness. And so I don't want this to turn into, you know, willy nilly, follow your dreams, chase rainbows, not telling you not to like money. I very much like money. I'm saying that when we looked at where we wanted to go and how many tools we needed to do that, actually, we still had enough tools for our adjusted plan. We didn't follow the plan that would allow us to accumulate the most tools. Our money mindset actually allowed us to pick the one that would allow us to have the most happiness. So excelling in this financial mindset, to me, really means understanding this as a goal. So does any of that connect with you, Jade, or any reflections that you have kind of bouncing that back off of you? Yeah, for sure. I think what's really interesting is this uh, great resignation that we're going through off the back of COVID. Just in August this year, over 4 million Americans quit their jobs. And I wonder if that is due to a shift in maybe people don't recognize it as money mindset, but more of the happiness mindset. And COVID's really got people thinking about their priorities. I mean, have, have you, has that been reflected in your clients, people's change of priorities? I think that's a fantastic point to bring up because, yeah, you're right. They're probably not doing it because they, they think, oh, my money mindset has changed, so now I'm going about it this way. But money is part of it. They're saying, you know, I don't want to go back to work uh, and commute and spend you know, two hours in, on the train going into New York City anymore. I don't want to do that anymore because that didn't make me happy. I see how much happier I am not doing that. So I think that's just a fantastic example, Jade, of uh, maybe that being reflected and seen publicly without it maybe being directly connected to, to money mindset, as you said. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just want to share a very quick story just to back up Joe's point. I had uh, a conversation with a young client, she's only 23, who outright said to me, Jade, I don't want to buy a house. That is not something that is in my life plan. And I really commended her for that because a lot of people think property is the right thing for them or, you know, there's a set prescriptive way to live your life. Um, but like Joe said, if that doesn't make sense for you and your life and your family, then, you know, wealth and, and success is really subjective. Um, so really drill down on what it is that you guys want and not what society says that you should want. Um, we had a question, um, I can't remember who it was from, but it wouldn't let me add you to the stage. If that was you, do raise your hands again and I will invite you up to ask your question to Joe. Okay, so the next section, we're going to talk about three questions that people can ask themselves to start excelling in their mindset. Great, yeah, thank you, Jade. Yeah, so I'm a big visualization kind of a person, so let's do another exercise here. So visually picture a blank map in your mind and in the middle of this map i want you to put a you are here sticker so my map always seems to come out like a pirate map but maybe yours is more like the one you see on the subway or what you pull out of your your glove compartment but that sticker that you are here sticker in the blank map is where you are today so as with any map the whole purpose of maps is to help you get to where you're actually wanting to go blank maps are not helpful to anyone so, you know, the first question is, it sounds crazy, but the first question is literally asking yourself what would make you happy. And if you have a spouse or significant other, what jointly would make you happy? And I thought that this was crazy the first time I did it, uh, 100%, before I was taught to stop and be more intentional about this. So, you know, I was really just going day to day, week to week, month to month, 
you know, even from a young age, you know, you'd want to get good grades, get into a good school, get a good job, make a lot of money, get married, et cetera, et cetera. And when I actually stopped with this intentionality of my mindset and Lauren and I sat down and kind of went over what would actually make us happy, I was surprised with what came out. I was surprised that by far what I valued more than anything were more vacations and experiences. Taking my kids to Disney World, visiting new states around the U.S. I haven't seen most of the states. That wasn't something that we did as a kid. Uh, staying in interesting and you know unique Airbnbs. You know we went to like a upstate New York old school kind of place for Thanksgiving last year. For my wife, she wanted a pool. <laughs> that was pretty straightforward. She grew up with one. She wanted to give that same experience to our kids. And for us, at least, we both love our jobs. So retiring early, like that's a goal for someone that some people that would make people happy. For us, that's not really on the top of our list, but it helped us organize this list. So it's really whatever would make you happy. You need to know this first because those are the destinations you're now putting on that blank map. Any map around the edges is where you're putting these destinations. And to, to Jade's point for her story with the, the young lady that she was working with, it doesn't have to be you know buying a house. That seems like it should be on your map. But it doesn't have to be. It should be whatever, whatever you want to put on your map, what would actually make you happy. So you know, that's really the, the, first pe the first question that I always try to help people answer because you'd be surprised how often, if you really stop to think about it, you, know, you come up with this scale that's completely different than what you might you know, just uh, willy-nilly kind of pull out of your pocket if somebody asks you, if you really give it the intentionality of your thought. The next question is, how much am I saving now? So you may have heard the phrase, you know, pay yourself first. And essentially, you, everybody out here works really hard for their money. And then you take that money and you give it to the mortgage company. You take that money, you give it to the grocery store or the car dealership or whatever else. But many people don't know how much they pay themselves first every month. And from all the clients that we work with, the ones that are the wealthiest and the happiest, it's not really about how much you make many times, but how much you keep. So if you're wanting to be in a good place down the road, you're probably wanting to save, I would say, at least 10% of your gross income. So if I make $100,000 a year, that'd be $10,000 a year that I'm saving, at least if not more. So really, everybody out here should be looking to see how much am I saving now, because that's what leads to filling in these roads. So we have the You Are Here sticker in the middle. We now start building out some of these destinations on the outskirts of the map, but how far are our roads going out there? So if you haven't saved anything to this point, that, that's fine, but your roads aren't very far, far right now. We need to work on building those up. If you have been an avid saver for most of your life up into this point, your roads might be like really well developed. They might be really close to where those destinations are if you stop and look at them, which then can free you up to live more in the present today. The last question is involving rituals or habits. Conversations like this are all well and good. You know, you watch that inspirational TED talk, you read that book that leaves you, you know, feeling on, on a whole different level for a week or two, but all of this stuff tends to kind of fade if it's not right in front of you, if it's not top of mind. So, you know, the rituals or habits that I find to help it stay more top of mind is the first thing is always asking myself why I'm doing something, especially when it comes to money. Is it because it would make me happy or because I'm supposed to do that? So again, the, you know, am I wanting to buy a house because everyone in America is supposed to own their own house? Or am I wanting to buy a house because it would actually make me happy? You know, as again, to Jade's point, buying a house is not for anyone, for everyone. It's, you know, renting has a lot of really good perks to it. 
you know, uh, and, and if that's what makes you happy, no maintenance or anything like that, then renting could be a great option. The second is what I'll call is uh, money blocking or what I call money blocking. So money blocking is basically setting blocks of your money to the side ahead of time so that you free up everything else to not feel guilty about. So for example, let's say that you get a bonus every year ahead of time saying, I'm going to save half and spend half every year on a great vacation. That's cool. You're, you're putting away half of your bonus towards yourself and the remaining half you're actually using to live life. And now you could do it guilt-free because you know, hey, I saved this huge amount. Now I get to spend this big amount. And it could be the same thing when you like get a raise. So we tell clients, okay, you know, if there's a, let's, let's say next time around you want a little bit nicer of a car lease, that's fine. But let's save the other 75% of that so you keep advancing towards those long-term goals. Um, or, you know, take the first two paychecks and go on a nice vacation. But blocking these, these money items to the side, and now that you could see what's left, I blocked away my savings, now here's what's left, and I am freer and, you know, to use it for those things without feeling guilty. And, you know, I encourage people to use this on a smaller level, too. You know, if you buy a $50 gift card every month for Starbucks, then every time you want an extra shot of espresso, great, go for it. You don't have to feel guilty about that. Buy a package of, you know, four massages after every bonus. So, you know, every year I have one massage a quarter, whatever it might be. But when you block these things away, you know, to the side, then you don't get into like, oh, I really feel like I could use a massage, but, you know, I just spent money on this over here or that. It's like, I already bought that massage. I can use it. It's, I haven't used any of this quarter. I'm going to go for it. And that frees you up again to just make life as enjoyable as possible. That, that's really what we're trying to help, you know, reframing things to get you to that end goal. So, you know, Jade, how do those three questions, I guess, hit you or those any, you know, that you've asked yourself before that you kind of work on and directly or another way with the clients that you have? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do this with my clients, but equally, uh, I, I do my own visualizations, my own mind mapping. And I think the biggest takeaway from you, Joe, is to really set a goal because, you know, if, if you don't know where you're aiming, then you're never going to get to it. Um what I wanted to say to the audience is if any of you are struggling with your money mindset or perhaps you're not struggling but you just feel a bit stuck, do come up to the stage um, and chat with Joe and, and we'll see what we can do, what we can help and maybe talk through some blocks that you may have yourself. Um, so I wanted to ask Joe, they say you are the average of the five people closest to you. Do you think that applies for money habits as well? Wow, that's a really interesting question. So, uh, yeah, I would say that probably is more true than not. Um, I would find it very surprising to, you know, get along well with, you know, four people that go on lavish vacations and you never go on them at all. It'd be hard to kind of to be in that that social uh, that social group if they're going all over the place and you're not. So, I would say that that definitely has a, a fair amount of. Uh, validity to it, not that it's uh, every time across the board. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have people, you know, I've heard that there are different types of, of mentors. So you can have um, a specific um, area kind of mentor, or you could have kind of a soul or a spiritual mentor. So for people that, you know, that have somebody that when we're going through these exercises, they're like, you know what, my, my father-in-law, you know, I feel like he really excels in his money mindset or, 
you know, my cousin Johnny, like he really excels in his money mindset based on what we went through today. You know, look for why you think that is. Like, why did they jump into your mind in that way? And maybe now, you know, relate to them a little bit more to see kind of what, what are they doing that maybe I could reflect for myself and kind of use, like you said, maybe they're not, you know, the five people you spend the most time with, but we all are around a lot of people. And, you know, some people just kind of give that vibe that they really seem happy. They really seem to have it together. And pay attention to that. Again, be intentional of trying to look to see, you know, what are the, some of the things that they might be doing that I can emulate or what are some of the things that they might be willing to share with me um, that, uh, that might help me along in my own journey. Mm, yeah, awesome. So thinking about emulating good habits then, what can you tell us about the differences between regular people and wealthy people in terms of their money mindset and their yeah, so I mean, for me, uh, the word wealth, I feel like always just ties directly in with money. And to me, wealth is really just like a, a freedom to work on the things that you want to work on. And almost equally as important, not have to work on the things that you don't want to work on. So, you you know, we have people that uh, that have, you know, huge net worths that we work with. And yet they like can't wait to retire because they they, they just don't like their day to day. So I would really, tr you know, for, for the people that are not wealthy, those are usually the people that ha I would say have a, a poor mindset about it, not, you know, people that have a, a small net worth kind of a thing. So, you know, wealth, I, I really, I, I think it should be tied more, much more into, again, like I said, the, you know, are you free to spend time in the things you want to spend time on and also not having to spend time on the things that you really don't want to spend time on. Yeah, so so wealth isn't necessarily the fire lifestyle and saving 60% of your income, but actually being miserable. <laughs> um, okay, so what are some of the, the common money mindset blocks that you come across then? Yeah, so I think the one of the biggest things for people, especially that don't want, that feel afraid to ask for help is, you know, I, we have a lot of, especially young people that come in and they say, you know, well, here's what we have, you know, I'm sorry, I know it's not a lot, it's, you know, it's probably not as much as what a lot of your other clients have. And, and that mentality, it really holds so many people back from, from getting help and advice. Like I know for, for us, like, even if it's not a good fit for someone that we can work with, maybe, you know, they're not at a phase in their life where we really are able to jump in and help them in all the ways that we help some of our other people. But we always leave them with advice. We always say, you know, here, work on A, B, C, and D, and here's why. And then when these are completed, like, then you probably would be a fit and then you can come back to us. So even if you reach out to somebody and it doesn't seem like a long-term relationship for the next 30 years is in the cards, you're probably going to leave with some good piece of information. I mean, anybody that's just a nice human being is going to try to help you. I mean, like, think of your own jobs. If somebody called you up in your own job and they, they had a question for you and it wasn't really, you know, a good fit for someone you could work with, but they had a question that you could give them some advice for, you'd probably give it to them. So the same thing goes with, you know, with that kind of stuff. You know, I really would encourage people to, to reach out to somebody and just get, you know, one or two pieces of information or advice. Any of that goes a really long way, especially if you're young and these decisions have time to compound and grow on each other. Um, it can really just mean, you know, all the difference in the world. So that's the biggest thing that just jumped out for me that, that I wanted to touch on from that part, uh, Jade. That's great. Thank you. We've just had a great question come in from an audience member. They said, how do I set money boundaries when I have friends earning a lot more and a lot less than me? 
Yeah, so I think the the the, the best way to set the money boundaries um, would be as long as you're always paying yourself that percent first, right? So like if you're already putting away, let's say 10% every month and you've you know looked at it enough where that seems like it's gonna get you on the on the path that you wanna be in, then that frees you up to know what's left. So you could say like, you know, for my friends that spend more, well, you know, I don't have that, I don't have that piece. You know, I put away the money towards myself, this is what I have left, and that's just not going to work, so I'll connect with you guys next time. And the same thing for the people that maybe, you know, aren't at that position where you are, you know, you're putting away what you can put away, and then the rest of it is just that that guilt-free thing that you wanna wanna do something with. So, you know, it's not trying to like match somebody's level, but once you get the paying yourself first part out of it, then you really can see, okay, this is what's left to be free and, and really you know, guilt-free, anxiety-free to go out and spend in the way that you want to spend it. But were you always guilt-free around money, Joe? Or did, was that something you had to work towards? Oh, absolutely. When I remember when I first got out of college, uh, it was something uh, that I really had to, to strive for. So my, my, uh, I remember my mom and sister laughing at me because I, I got out of college I, I, you know, was living at home at first as I was trying to get uh, started as an advisor and there was like a, uh, a Super Friday sale or something like that on the, you know, uh, at the day after Thanksgiving here is a, is a big, you know, uh, holiday where uh, you go out and you like buy a lot of stuff Black Friday and I spent like, I don't know, $500 on a TV and I wanted to like throw up because I never spent money on anything and, you know, I just in, in high school I would work, I was a waiter and, you know, I had enough money to do some things, but like I was definitely the type that did not want to spend my money. Like I cringed at the thought of spending money. So when I first went and just like bought a TV with money I could fully afford, I was paying no rent or anything living at home, that $500 I like wanted to throw up over. So it's, uh, it's something that is learned, uh, whatever money mindset you are at today, like anything else, you're, you're still learning. I'm still learning. I'm sure you're still learning, Jade. So it's something that's constantly changing and evolving. Nobody's just born with this perfect money mindset. They have to go out and they have to make mistakes. And, you know, I wouldn't uh, throw up if I had to buy a new TV anymore, but that is definitely something that you have to work your way into. And that's a, you know, kind of a, a muscle that you have to flex. And, uh, you know, you don't want to overdo it and strain it, but you have to find that happy medium. So it's definitely something that you have to work on to, to get to the right spot. Wow, that's a great story, Jay. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, Harry, I'm not sure if I've, I'm able to allow you to speak. I but think, uh, uh, Let me see if I can do it here, Jade. I pressed yeah. the button. I don't know if they're coming through, though. If not, Harry, DM me your question and I'll read it out for you. Um, Okay, so another question I wanted to ask then, you said you have two children. I'm interested to know what lessons you try to teach them and how can parents teach their children about money in an engaging way? Yeah, so I, the first thing about uh, parents uh, with their kids is my, my kids are a little too young for this right now, but I would really, really encourage parents to just be open about some some degree of money or finances like the 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 hiding it kind of like uh, after the kids go to bed kind of a thing, paying the bills when they're not around. I, I think that really uh, is, is handicapping the kid, you know, your children more than anything. Uh, the story that I always bring up is my, my grandfather, my grandpa Joe, uh, he used to make envelopes every month. So he would have 10 envelopes, you know, one was electric, one was groceries, one was, you know, whatever else. And he'd put the cash in each individual envelope 
And that was the money that he had for that month. So, you know, the grocery envelope is empty. You know, they're eating very meagerly through the end of the month. And so his daughters, all five of them, they, they remember that system. They remember him doing that. And now, like with Excel and online payments, like kids kind of don't get to see that. But when it's out there and it's open and it's visual for them to see to some degree, they can really learn from that. I mean, uh, like when I, you know, when you have young kids, you don't say any swear words at all because you know they're going to repeat them kind of a thing. They pick up on all those things. The same thing is true with money. And, you know, when you have it out to some degree, like, oh, this is why I, you know, I, I use a credit card at the grocery store instead of cash or, you know, vice versa. Or, you know, oh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I got a raise. And so, you know, part of that, you know, we're going to go on vacation and I'm also putting away some more to your college education. But just have it out there. Don't have it be taboo in your house because you are literally their only resource that they can go to. They're not going to learn it in school unless things drastically change from where they are today. Uh, they're, they're just going to pick up this mindset on their own naturally. And so you are the best resource that they could have. And you don't have to like show them your pay stubs, but just anything that you could do around money to just be open a little bit about it will allow them to pick up on more than you realize and learn more than you realize. When you have really, really little kids like I do, I have a you know five and two-year-old, um, just simple stuff like, you know, we have a grocery store kind of a, a game that we play. Oh, how much is this? How much is this? Oh, I only have this much. Oh, I have to put this back. And just little things like this, they, they, they at least learn the concept when they're really young that money is this intangible thing, that it can run out. <laughs> it's not infinite. And if they can learn just that when they're really little, that money exists, one, and that, two, it has limits, then they're going to be much more advanced when it comes to money than most every other young kid out there. Yeah, that I, I completely agree. I think the culture is a little different in the States, but in the UK, talking about money is a huge no-no. But what I'm hearing is actually we should be getting children involved in the conversation as soon as we can. Um, like you said, not showing them the, the pay stubs, but uh, teaching them the concepts of, of what it is. Um, so for anyone who's just joined, we are chatting with Joe Oakley, financial advisor and podcaster. We're discussing how to excel in your financial mindset and you can DM any questions you have to me and I'll read them out for you. Um, I'm curious, Joe, Jada, uh, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me asking, is there, do you have any uh, background like in the UK, how it's, it's such a no-no? Is, is there anything more that you could share that I find that really interesting? It's, you know, I, I don't have an answer for you. It's, uh, it's just uncouth. It's just not the British way. Uh, we would rather talk about the weather and uh, the commute than, than talk about money. And the thing I say to people is that doesn't benefit anyone but the system. It doesn't benefit you when you're negotiating salary to not know what your peers are earning. It doesn't benefit you to know that actually your neighbor with the Bentley is in a lot of debt. Um, you know, I think transparency is the way forward. So yeah, it's, it's just not the British way. It's just a cultural <laughs> thing. Um, okay. yeah. So I, I also, um, a lot of people say to me, you know, you're telling me to dream big and to make vision boards and, and these things, but I don't know what I can have. So what, what, what would you say to someone who says they, they don't know what they can aim for? Yeah. I mean, when we work with clients, we're doing a lot of uh, planning. So we can say like, if you save, you know, what you're saving now and you already have what you have now, 
we can say, okay, so this is what it looks like in 10 years, or this is what it looks like in 20 years. And that's the one thing that, that's, that's more difficult to kind of do on your own because you, know, you can't build in like inflation rates and you know, compounding interest that easily uh, online yourself from what I've seen at least. So that's the part that's a little bit more difficult. But when, you, when we're able to show people that, then it really just kind of, it opens them up to, to what's possible. And when we tell people to dream big, we don't tell them that it's definitely going to happen. We say like, like you start with what you would ideally like to do. And I promise you, if you can't do that, we'll back it down to what you can do. But start with, tell me your ideal situation first, because that's what I'd, I'd love to hit. And then if we have to move down from that, I'm not going to bankrupt you in the process. I'm definitely going to tell you, hey, let's step this down a couple notches. Um, but, you know, starting there and again, I mean, I'm completely biased and I want to pretend I'm not being an advisor, but that's why I see such value in going and talking to someone and working with someone because you can see more, more clearly where you're going, that that map that we visualized before, it has more definitive roads in it. And that way it frees you up to make those decisions. So like, like I've had young clients who they, they were great, spe- uh, great savers, excuse me. And when I showed them like, hey, you're already on a path to like retire and probably a little bit early, not even including like salary raises and stuff like that that you're going to get. Because if you if you think about it, if you're 30 years old and you already saved, like, say, you know, $200,000, you know, every 10 years, there's this thing called the rule of 72. So if you assume a 7% return every 10 years, that would double in that case. So, you know, $200,000 at 30 is $400,000 at 40 is $800,000 at 50 and is $1.6 million at 60. So when you start extrapolating out, you could see like, oh, wow, I may not have a million dollars now, but I'm already on that path based on what I've put away. And that frees you up to do things like in that, that couple's instance, they decided like, I want to put in a pool in my, in my backyard because I want my kids to have that experience that we only get 18 summers with our kids. I want to make the most of those 18 summers. So, yeah, I mean, having some path or some direction and then just working with someone that wants you to dream big, but will you know, tell you, you know, this is what you have to do to get to those dreams or like we're going to have to back it down a little bit. But, you know, absolutely start at the top to me, my opinion, and then let's work our way back down to to anything that we have to. But let's start at the top for sure. Mm, yeah, I agree. And just to add to that, a lot of people think financial goals are material, tangible goals, cars, homes, uh, the rest of it. What I would say to that is it's also about lifestyle. It, you know, what type of life do you want to live? Is that staying at home with the children? Is that working part time? Is it relocation? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be material things. So just something to bear in mind. Um, we've had another audience question and that is, do you have any tips for people that want to save up for the holidays and not get into debt? Yeah. So, uh, saving up for the holidays, the holidays are are always a more difficult time. Um, what we tend to tell, you know, you're going to spend more in the holidays. So if you back off your savings a little bit leading up to the holidays, when you're dealing with credit cards and things of that nature, you know, it might be 10, 15, 20% interest rates that if you're not able to pay that off, that's a lot worse than saving money into your retirement account as well in December. So, you know, what we have some people do is they actually time in the US, you have limits on how much you can put in your 401k. So they'll max out their 401k or they'll do all their contributions that they're planning on doing to their 401k and have them end in like November. And then that way, December, they have a little extra money 
to do whatever they, they need to do in the holidays. So they adjust their savings a little bit in that month. Uh, the other thing that some people do is, again, with bonuses. Bonuses are great because it's this one-time you know, lump sum kind of a thing, and you can use it in a completely separate way than how you handle the rest of your income. So what a lot of people do with their bonuses when we help them be intentional about it is I mentioned before, like, okay, you save half, you go on vacation for half. We have some people, too, that say, like, I want to save you know, 10% of every bonus and use it during the holidays. So you could do that too. So it's, you know, be intentional about it, but it, there's no investment out there that I would recommend to, you know, to keep investing into at the expense of having debt build up on a, you know, on a credit card during the holidays. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've had another question, which is, what can I start doing tomorrow to make better money decisions? I mean, for me, I would say start with those those three questions. I mean, being, you know, what would actually make you happy? Like Jade said, to me as well, it's much more of a lifestyle thing than a material kind of a thing. I, I don't know anybody that is like on their deathbed that's saying, I'm really happy that I got that, you know, X series car lease you know, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, what you could start doing tomorrow is just being more intentional about what would make you happy and start asking yourself as you go through the day, like, does this make me happy or does this not make me happy? Would my would I be happier if I was working from home still? Would I be happier? You know, start questioning things and start kind of figuring out what would make you happy. It's not a lot of times an overnight exercise. It's it's hard to think about some of that stuff. So, you know, being more intentional and definitely, you know, looking at what you're paying yourself right now. You know, I think most people, if I ask them like, oh, what percent of your of your uh, monthly income do you pay to yourself? Most people wouldn't be able to answer that question. So that's an easy one that like by tomorrow you could say like, okay, here's how much I get and here's how much I'm saving. So right now I'm paying, you know, 4.2% towards myself. And you know what? Hey, that sounds a little bit low from, from the conversation last night. You know, maybe I should look for ways to increase that a little bit more. So I would say those are the two two things that jump to my mind. That's great. And I'm wondering if you have an opinion on manifestations, affirmations, the, the kind of spiritual side of, of money mindsets. Do you have any, any opinions? Um, I mean, when you talk about money itself, like, uh, or more of just like, uh, like to me, cause like when money, I, when I start looking at money as a tool that kind of like frees me up into like the, the, the spiritual kind of thing. Like if I'm going to be freeing myself up lifestyle wise to do the things that I really enjoy doing as opposed to wasting all my time on things that I really don't like doing at all. To me that it's like if you get past money sometimes, then that frees you up to kind of live in what I would define more as that space. But I'm not sure if that's, if that was the exact direction that you were going with that, Jade. Uh, well, well, that was a great answer. Uh, but I'm thinking more along the lines of uh, generational trauma around money that's been inherited and people who genuinely feel stuck and blocked using things like affirmations to to enhance their money mindset and get out of that space do you believe those, those works morning affirmations I mean honestly I, I've, I've not dealt with those specifically around money mindsets before if I'm being perfectly honest I meditate every night so I'm a big uh, I'm a big being in the right mindset, being thankful for where you are today kind of a person. Um, but I've never honestly used those tools specifically to try to help somebody get out of a poor money mindset into a better one. Do, do you have any experience that you'd be able to share with that though? Um, I don't in my professional life with clients, but I do personally. Uh, so I, I was just uh, intrigued if you did 
um, you know, t- telling myself, you know, particular goals that I want to achieve or particular milestones. Um, yeah, I did more just an off, off, off the record question that I was interested in asking you. Um, so just to wrap up for the last few minutes, going back to uh, making life more enjoyable, I'm wondering what that means for you and what plans you have for the future. Sure. Yeah. So for me, um, I want, uh, I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate that I wound up in the situation that I'm in. Um, we didn't get into it too much today, but you know, I have not one, but two fathers that are like fathers to me. Neither one of them are my biological father, but they both, you know, have been guiding me for the last 10 years. And so, you know, having the opportunity to be in the position that I am to have this kind of awareness at a, at a younger age when it comes to money. Like, I just want to share that with, with everybody, really. I, I feel blessed that we live in an age where we have podcasts and fishbowl and, and everything else. So, I mean, I, I'm just so excited to, to, to be able to share this with, with everybody out there and just think of new ways that I could do that. Um, you know, one of the strategic coach things, again, the coaching program that they go through is, is you know, when you're an entrepreneur, one of the things that you could free yourself up for is purpose. And I had the hardest time coming up with like, what is my, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What should I do? You know, I'm helping these people with money. And then for me, it just clicked when I thought about young people because we, we help, you know, most wealth management firms, I'm assuming this is similar over there, uh, Jade as well. You work with mostly an older demographic because they have more money built up. They're closer to retirement. They're asking for help now. But these younger people, younger families, if they could just do like, you know, anything like 10% of the best advice out there, they would be in such an exponentially better position long term. So that was what just like kind of clicked in for me. Like, this is my purpose. I'm going to get the word out to as many young families as I possibly can in this world, because if I can help them with one thing or two things, like their life could be exponentially just that much greater. The the time they spend with their kids could be just that much you know, greater exponentially. So I'm just happy. I feel like I found my purpose of what I should keep shouting at everybody about. And uh, I'm just going to keep going with that. Joe, that's awesome. And your enthusiasm is infectious. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I think it'd be great if we could get you back and talk more about that purpose, both yours and how people can really drill down into their own as well. Um, Joe, can people reach out to you if, if they have any questions or would like financial advice? And if so, where can they find you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If anybody has questions on anything, uh, you can find me on all the you know normal social media places here, Fishbowl, uh, LinkedIn, um, anything that I could do to help anybody out there. Uh, I put out different ep- uh, new episodes every week for my podcast, Enjoy More 30s Family Finance. So if anything out there is something that could help anybody, that's that's just fantastic. That's what I'm trying to do. So um, those are the great ways to connect with, with me. Uh, JD, you were fantastic tonight. I want to thank you again so much for, for being here and, and all those thoughtful questions that you put together uh, to contribute to tonight. It was, uh, it was really uh, just wonderful. Oh, thank you. It was great to have you. Thanks again. And thank you all for joining us this evening. If you have any questions for Joe, do reach out. And if there are any finance topics you'd like us to discuss in the future, do reach out to myself or the Fishbowl team and we'll try and make that happen for you guys. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful evening. The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. 
you should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities Inc. and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA/SIPC.